Well, here we go. Episode number nine of the On the Road to Damascus podcast with your hosts, myself, Luke Askew, and Yvonne Rempel. And in this week's episode, we asked the question, where am I? Hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, Yvonne, how's it going? It's going good. It's going good. We are on episode nine of On the Road to Damascus. Episode are you excited? nine. Yes, I'm really, really excited. So in this this last series we've done, are we are we going the wrong way? That was episode number seven. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's then right. Episode number eight. It's our podcast. I should know this. Episode number eight was are we on the right path? Yeah, that's right. Amazing. And then this episode, we are talking about where am I? Yeah, where am I? I mean, it sounds all the same. Sounds all the same, Mm. right? Because when you look at it, you're like, okay, well, if I know what path am I, I'm on, then I must be going the right way and I know where I am. But let me ask you, have you ever left a store and tried to find your car? Because I know where I am, but I cannot find my car. <laughs> so I really don't know where I am. And just like that, all three make sense of what we're talking about. <laughs> and that was episode nine. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so we're talking about where am I? Mm. Why we're talking about that because it's really important. And why is it important is because where am I? It holds the perspective for us of where we are. Our perspective is the belief we hold during an experience. So if we are both in the same experience, but we're feeling certain things or we feel the outcome is going to be different than each other, how is it that we can be the same place? but in different places. Okay. You just blew my mind. Say that again. (laughs) Okay. So we can often, and let me, I'm going to tell you a story. Last week we talked about um, my house fire. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I, I want to tell the story of what happened months later. And it was actually a friend of mine I was talking to. And he gave me this really great analogy. He said to me, he goes, Yvonne, if we're sitting in a room right now and you smell smoke, your reaction is going to be different than my reaction because my house never burnt down. You're going to panic where I'm going to just be like, something smells burnt. And it's not because the situation we are in is so different. It's because the experience that we have brought to that position has made us who we are in that moment. Mm. And so when we talk about where am I, the perspective we hold, the belief we hold during that experience propels us into where we're going next. You just dropped like some serious wisdom just like the first 30 seconds in. <laughs> normally we warm up, normally we, you know, tell a funny story, but you just went fully into the <laughs> deep dive. I 
I'm going to give you all the, all the meat at one time. I told I, I told you a shopping cart story. I mean, like you couldn't find your car. That's an everyday thing for me. Um, I could never find my car when I leave Walmart. But I think you're so right. Cause perspective is so, so, so interested, uh, interesting. I think you're right in terms of about, if you don't know where you are, you do, you don't know then where to, where you're heading. I right. think that's really interesting. And I told the story last week, was it last week or the week before about when me and my mum went up um, one of the mountains? Yeah. Yeah, nearly died. Um, and <laughs> just so casual, nearly died. Yeah, nearly died. <laughs> and I tell the story beforehand when we were trying to get to the mountain, and my mum's like, we're lost. And I was like, go and get a map. And she was like, got the map. <laughs> And then, and she, I was like, and she circled the mountain, like Mount Snowden, where we were going. I'm like, yeah. And I just said, and where are we? And she said, I don't know. I said, I don't know where we are. I said, well, how are we meant to get to that mountain if we don't know where we are right now? So, so what was really a few interesting things about that true story is that we knew where we were going. So we had a vision for where we were going. We had a dream and that was to go up the mountain. What also happened was that we had a map. We had the, the tool to get us to the mountain. But the one thing that we didn't know that was stopping us getting to the mountain or knowing how to get to the mountain was knowing where we were. Yeah. And, you know, I guess if you're listening to this, you're like, well, no, this seems backwards and how you guys are, you know, telling your podcast that we should know where we are before we go. And I actually want to challenge you that a lot of us move forward without fully understand where we are before we go. So when we talked about, like Luke talked about the first, our first podcast was, are we going the wrong way? So first we need to come to an understanding that we don't like where we were and we want to move forward. So we have now forward movement. And then the next one we talked about is what path am I on? Right. So I'm having an understanding that this is what I want for my life. So we're moving forward. This is what I want for my life. Now, just as you know, Luke's mom had the mountain circled on there. That's where we want to go. Do you believe you can get there? Do you hold that belief that you are smart enough, that you are kind enough, that you are, you know, that you are academic enough, that you are worthy enough, that you are, you know, meant to be in the mountain? Do you carry those beliefs to get you where you need to go? Because I think a lot of us go, I need to move forward. I know that this is the right path. This is what I want. I can see far away. And then we realize that it always looks further than what we think. And we give up because we believe that, oh, maybe I got it wrong. Mm. Yeah, maybe I got it wrong. And I think as you were just speaking about that there and you say, you're asking them questions. Am I, 
Am I good enough? Am I worthy enough? Am I, am I, am I all these things is sometimes I feel like we don't, we don't take a minute to stop and ask the question, where am I? Like now, I think life is so quick. Like life is so quick. And I think with the whole pandemic that's happening now worldwide, like we're all over the world. So everyone for the first time in such a long time are all participating in a similar experience, but we're all experiencing it in different ways. Right. And I've, I've asked about this perspective and, you know, you know, how's God going to use this season? And I think if there's one thing that God's given us an opportunity to do is really have that time to ask ourselves, where am I? Like, where am I now in my life? Like what, how did I get here as a starter? Like, how did I get to where I am now? Yeah. Where am I now? And what do I think about like that? What's my perspective about that? And, you know, obviously you and me have, have had two different lives and we're obviously different ages as well. But like me being 20, Five, nearly 26 now I get here at 25 26 and I'm asking the question where am I now and what's my perspective to use that word what's my perspective where yeah. I am now compared to yeah. what I believed I should have been at 25 yeah or where I should have been because the world was saying that by now I should have had this job or by now I should have had more money or by now I should have found that thing, that, that, that thing that I'm meant to have. I think in this season, there's never been a greater time for us to ask that question of where am I now? Am I, and am I comfortable with accepting where I am right now? Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that's a great question to ask. Am I comfortable, right? Because the thing is, is you don't want to say something like, am I happy, right? Because happy is a feeling and not every feeling is correct, right? Just because, just because you're unhappy doesn't mean you're not where you're supposed to be. It just means that there's a season where it just didn't line up with happiness. When we allow our emotions to dictate the direction we go, I know for myself, I'm probably way out in left field, not even on a path, probably lost my shoes somewhere along the way because my emotions can go crazy out of control. As it definitely is somebody who feels a lot of the world and feels a lot of emotions. But when I take a moment and I go, okay, where am I? It's not my emotions I'm tracking. It's what I'm doing is I'm pulling into the very core of me and I'm going, okay, God, where am I? Where am I? And where do I need to go next? Like where is, and and how do I get there? What do I need to get there? And as you said, it's that moment of sitting there going, okay, am I comfortable? Oh, I'm probably sitting like by a creek and cold because, you know, I get lost easily, you know, okay, what do I need to do next? Right. And it's taking an assessment of everything around me, taking that breath, taking that moment, 
going, it's going to be okay because we're not done. And there's a phrase we use in our home a lot going, if it's not good, it's not God. Hmm. The end of the story is not done yet. Hmm. Yeah. And it's having that hope to, to have yeah. a, like a saying or a belief like that of saying, if it's not good, it's not God. Then there's more to this journey. Like this isn't it. This isn't this isn't the the destination. This is just where I am right now. And it's interesting when you're talking about um, perspective and emotions, and about you know our emotions come. Our emotions are a part of our experience. But also when we change what we focus on, when we choose to try and see a God in every situation or that heavenly perspective, and with that comes joy and peace in whatever situation that you're in. I think it's that peace of like no understanding when I know that when I figure out when I spot what God might be doing with where I am now, despite yeah. what's going on around me, there's a great peace that falls upon me going, hmm, this is a part of the journey. And it's not pretty. It's not nice. It's ugly. Yeah. It's still a part of a, the journey for where I want to go. So I'm willing to accept and be aware of where I am now. And then like what you said, ask the questions of going, right, who do I need to become or what do I need to know or understand or yeah. gain wisdom in order to go to the next part of my journey in order to get to where I want to be? Yeah. And, you know, when we talk about, you know, where, where am I? What's really nice is the path that I walk in. I now get to tell other people, don't walk that way. (laughs) Don't walk that way. There's a hole over there. You're going to hurt yourself. Don't walk that way. You know, when, when I take the moment and I start assessing my situation, you know, and wherever I end up and I assess it and I look at it, not only do I generally get out of that situation, I get to help other people who are navigating the same thing, right? And so when I get to help navigate people in this in their same situation, you know, and help get them through it, they're going to do it probably in half the time it took me to do it. Like it. And generally, it does take half the time for them to do it. And it's not to make me feel good. It's not it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I did that. You know, I did that. It's not that at all. My desire is to see people succeed more than needing to know that I did something. Yeah. And that's rare. That's a rare trait to have of not wanting validation of someone to say, hey, you're amazing. Like, wow, look at you. Is trying to help <laughs> that person come on that path. And you're so true, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a pioneer at heart. And what, and what yeah. does that mean is, is I'm somebody that likes to be, lead the way. You know, I'm going to go first. But with that comes a season of cultivating. 
and a season of going into somewhere where there has not been a path and you're figuring out what the path is and you're falling down, you're getting all dirty and you're experiencing all the things like what you said, the ditches, the, the swamps, the, you know, the nettle bush, the everything that, because, (laughs) because no one wanted to go in there because it looks scary. Like, yeah, I ain't going that way because I don't see a path. And if I go that way, I don't know where I'm seeing it. And God's made certain people to go the direction where there is no path and that he's going to lead them to the path that they're going to go on for the purpose that when then someone else can walk that path, like you said, in half the time in, in not the pain that, that, that it would take in terms of what this person went through to go and do it. And I think that's the thing about our journey is that someone once said to me, which was quite good. Um, if there's somebody else's footpaths on the footpath that you're walking on, it's not for you. And is in like, we all have our own, our own unique path that we've got to yeah. go on our own unique way. And we can gain wisdom from the way that other people go. We can gain wisdom on, you know, I did that and this happened, be aware of that. But there's this unique journey that you've got to go on in order to get to where you're going. Now it can literally be so close. It can look similar. Yeah. It can look similar. You can be next door to me. You can be yeah, exactly. just over here and walking with me. Yeah. But your foot ain't going on my foot. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's not yeah. my your my path ain't your path. We can go together. We can walk side by side. We can hold hands. But my foot, as it touches the ground, that's my footprint that was meant to be there. I'm not meant to walk in yours. Yeah. And I, I think we, uh, I think we think it's easier if we just go down the same path together. Like if we just go down the path that somebody else went down, then we don't, we, we can avoid having the struggles and trials that the world throws at us. Right. And so, you know, I made a post on our Instagram, our uh, Damascus experience Instagram. And that post was about each path looks different because you are different. You are uniquely made for something in this world and they need that uniqueness more than they want you to look like a replica of somebody else. And because it's, it looks scary sometimes when you start at the beginning. And as you were talking, I was thinking about when you start at the beginning of an experience together. Now, a lot of people have seen the movie Hunger Games, right? You have all these contestants, okay? They're going to go through the same experience, right? Which is the Hunger Games. But each one has a belief about who they are what they carry, where they're from, that position them in that experience to battle it out, right? And you can see it in the way that the the movie is created. You can see it because you see the four contestants who had meals and who, you know, were trained to do things right down to you see people are struggling because their survival mode is something that they've lived in their entire life. 
it's the same experience, but we all have a belief, our, our background, our character make up where we're going to go. And so we don't want to deal with some of those things. So we take somebody else's path and then we go, where am I? I'm lost because it was not your path to begin with. And that going through your own path means that you're going to have to face some of those things that you don't want to face. And that unfortunately feels the scariest thing of all. The scariest thing of all is going internal and going, I actually have to deal with maybe I had a crappy childhood. Maybe I have to deal with maybe I'm not a nice person. Maybe I have to deal with, I really want to do that, but my gifts and talents lie here. And, you know, we deal with these things as we come along, but the more that we deal with them, the more we go deeper, we start realizing our path gets wider and wider as we move forward and easier for us to move on because that path was made for you because you carry internally something that God has given you to help other people reach their potential. So when we decide to take the cheater's way and go on a different path, we miss the opportunity to help other people succeed in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's such a great way of looking at it. And as you were talking, then it just came to me. I just thought about, you know, your own path is sometimes the one that you probably feel most lost in. Do you know what I mean? Like Like the time that you feel most lost is probably the right path. But I think what's interesting on that perspective is because like what you said, when we choose to follow someone else's path, when we choose to do yeah. things someone else's way, for instance, right? Yeah. Here's an example, right? A business example. So we've just started Damascus Experience as our new journey, right? And yep. we are paving a way um, and it's a new way. We're doing something new. And it's new for the both of us, right? We have a vision of where it might be going. We see where it might be going. But in terms of how we're getting there is different and it's unique because it's you and me and it's just a unique vehicle. But as somebody who's a builder, as somebody that builds projects and businesses and stuff like that, it's so easy and it's been so easy for me to go and look to see what other paths other people have gone on. Like, what who have done other businesses or who have done things like this and and i've done it and i've seen business models that i've been successful yeah and i go oh we'll just do that we'll 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 go into that (laughs) because that makes sense it's been done before it's successful and let's do it but then as we start doing that, or as we start building a certain way, you know, both you and me are feelers, right? We feel a lot. So when something's off, yeah. we feel it. And, and lucky enough, we feel it at the same time as well. So yeah, there's been times on our journey where we've gone down a path that wasn't ours, that was looked like someone else's, but it was successful. So I've gone, yeah, let's crack on. That makes logical sense. And even yeah. though it's been easy to build because we have a blueprint, because we have a yeah. way, 
it hasn't felt right. There's just this deep knowing of going, no, this isn't our path. But then when I sit back and go, okay, we're going to strive our own path here. That hurts. That's taken a lot of, that takes a lot of inner work. That takes a lot of faith. That takes a lot of trusting us and and my uniqueness and my unique out the box ideas that may have never been done before like that's a pioneering spirit but that isn't yeah. easy that's harder than it the is. the easy path but the easy path just doesn't feel right well and you know and you said it and you said and I love this how this ties together and this always happens for us mm-hmm. and I love this it's because it's the quickest. It's because the path is the quickest. Somebody else has already made that model. It's so successful. If I take that path, even though I know I should be going a different way, I'm going to take this one because it's quicker. It gets me to where I want to be because I know in one year I'm turning this age and I should be this successful and I should already have this. And we have already capped ourselves and decided what success looks like. We hold this belief of what success looks like in our lives. And we try to make us fit the model that we have developed. We try to make us fit the narrative in our head and what the world is telling us success looks like. Instead of going, God, what is success to you? And going into that model, because that model is the hard one. And I don't want to. I know in one of my old jobs, um, one of the guys that I worked with, he had this button on his desk and it was the easy button. Mm. And every time he pushed it, it would light up and it would, you know, make a sound. And he goes, I wish I could just do this all day. Just be, you know, better and hit easy button. And he goes, you know, if I could just get paid without having to do all of this work, if I could just do this, if I could just, and if we could just have what we think is the success that, that makes us stand out, then yeah, then we should have everything we've always wanted. And I know that a lot of people, and a lot of people have talked about this, whether they're famous or not famous, a lot of people will get to the point in lives where they go, I have it all, but I don't feel anything. I don't feel like I am successful. And they keep striving for the thing that they're already on the path of. Well, you see it massively in the music industry, right? You know, there's been so many... Um, artists that have come out like a lot of rappers have said it and stuff like that and said you know I sold my soul to the devil that's what they say like I sold my soul to the devil literally for this famous success and you ask the question why and it goes actually into the post that you wrote I can't remember, you've been writing some amazing posts on the (laughs) at Damascus Experience Instagram. Click, click. Um, And it was this, I don't know if you wrote the post or you messaged me, but it was about this authenticity. And you said that what happens in the world is that we are trying to fit ourselves into the world rather than realizing that we're meant to be our authentic selves and, and be in the world because we are the value. And I think about that 
with the music industry and when people go, I sold my soul to the devil, what that means is you sold you and you allowed the industry to create something for the world that wasn't you. And you see these, you know, these artists that get told, right, well, he's a good example, Ed Sheeran. So yeah. Ed Sheeran, when he originally started, because I'm a big Ed fan, you know, Ed, if you're listening, you know, you know, get on the show, <laughs> um, is that he said, and he came out with a song saying, I need, uh, you need me, man, I don't need you. Do you know that song? Uh, yes, I think I do. Okay. So I'd say a singer, but I'm a terrible singer. And it, this <laughs> whole song was about when he was younger and the record mm-hmm. label tried to sign him. And when they signed him, they offered him obviously all the money in the world, you know, we'll pay you this much, we'll own your music, all that type of things. And then they go, but the ginger hair, the ginger hair will have to go. We're going to have to do this. You're going to cut your hair back. You know, you can't be wearing them raggedy old jeans anymore. You kind of, we need to polish you up. This is what the world likes at the moment. This is what's selling at the moment because all they're doing is selling him. He's the product. So they're trying to create him into a product and, and bless his heart. Ed Sheeran just literally goes, no, see you later, mate. Like, this is me, it's me or not. And they said, all right, then good luck. You know, you ginger, yeah. um, you know, good <laughs> luck. You haven't, you haven't got a chance, mate. And then he writes this song going, you need me, man. I don't need you. And then he talks about my VO5 wax and my ginger hair. So he's yeah. literally spitting all his authenticity. And still yeah. to this day, Ed Sheeran is now, you know, the most streamed artist Everyone, you might not look like his music, but everyone loves the guy because he's still yeah. the same kid that he was when he was 18 years old. He wears the same freaking jeans, the same trainers. He's still got his ginger hair and his VO5 wax. Like, and he's just <laughs> done him. And, we, and yeah. the world fell in love with him him for who he was and not who yeah. originally that record label were going to create him into for the world. And then eventually what we see definitely within the music industry is that it happened a lot with boy bands is that boy bands used <laughs> to get signed and then they go, this is what the world wants. And they get them to yeah. sing a certain type of music, dress a certain type yeah. of way. And then eventually the boy bands aren't, aren't popular anymore because culture's changed because styles changed, yeah. music's changed. Yeah. And then the boy bands well, go and then all the girl bands go. And then that's it. You, you, you know, you, you're now broken. You've got no, no thing, <laughs> no life. You have nothing. No. And you know what? It's so, it's so funny. And I, I love that you talked about the music industry. I'm a huge music fan. I love, I always wanted to be a DJ for the longest time because I loved music that much. And one of the things that you talked about is they're actually some of the most famous bands in the world. Okay. So let's talk about, we have like the Beatles. Yeah. Okay. We have Queen. We have the Rolling Stones. Okay. Those let's name a few there. Okay. But I mean, there's so much more. They went to, they were turned down. (laughs) 
like they were turned down because they did not have the sound that they thought the world wanted. And what I love is, and the world demonstrates this to us all the time. If we duplicate what we think the world wants, we will find somebody who sticks to their authenticity will rise in fame quicker, faster, and be more popular than the person who tries to be of the world because the world doesn't want another, what I call a cookie cutter of the world. What the world is crying out for is authenticity. The world is often looking for authenticity. They want to know that there is an original somewhere. And as we, as we walk through the world and we keep going, trying to find the original, the world needs to stop looking in the world for the original. The original is already in them. You are the original. You are original. We need to stop trying to look like the world. We need to stop trying to look like our neighbor. We need to stop trying to be something that we're not because we are greatly missing generations who have gone before us who have not taken on that authenticity and we're missing it. We're missing it sorely in our world. And the authenticity comes deep within knowing number one, who you are, whose you are, and it's standing on this firm foundation that you will never be shaken from. The world can throw whatever you want at me and I will not be shaken. And I've had my fair share of trials. So many people that I know have had their fair share of trials and they have never been rocked because they stand in this such unique authenticity because God created them. So, yeah, they will know where they are. And we talked about where am I? I know where I am. I know where I'm going. I know the way on to get there. And when we started this series, it was to help other people going, I feel lost. I feel like I don't know where I am. I feel like I, you know, I'm on the wrong path. How do I get back on there? And it's all because, as you said, Luke, COVID shut us down. And now we're all facing the same question. Everything that I valued, my job, my, you know, having this expensive car, having this certain house, having this certain lifestyle, everything shut down. And now we have to go deep within ourselves and look at our values that are going to lead us into this new and upcoming experience in life. I think I think everything that you've said there is 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 bang on the money. And I think what's going to happen after everything gets back to whatever this new normal looks like, whatever the world looks like, I believe the world's gonna look so more authentic. Yeah. And I think what we're going to see, the Bible would say that we're going to see God's glory. We're gonna see the image of God. You know, is it the Bible says that we are all made in the image of God. And when we got to think about that, we've got to think about the uniqueness and the many expressions of who God is. Like, like I look at it this way, right? This is this yeah. one of my I got an analogy for you. I might have told okay. you that I might have told you this one, but maybe I haven't told our, our <laughs> listeners or viewers. Let's talk about art for a second. Okay. Okay. So you you go into an art gallery. I'm not a massive okay. fan of art. Okay, to be fair, <laughs> I 
delight. <laughs> I'm not either. So I'm like, why are we talking about art? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No offense to anyone who's into art at all. You know, you know, yes, it's wh- just, whatever floats your boat. Um, but <laughs> if you go into an art gallery and you walk around and you see all the different pieces of art, what you will notice is if there is a room full of 10 pieces of art and there's three creators, there's three artists that have designed these, these paintings. Yeah. And or if I said to you, okay, I'm going to give you one painting of each artist. So let's say for instance, uh, Van Gogh, right? That's just one that I remember learned in school. Um, so here's Van, Van Gogh. Right. Is that, is Van that what Gogh. it is? Is it Van Gogh? <laughs> yeah. There you go. That proves everything, yes, doesn't it? Is. <laughs> right. So here's Van Gogh. And um, here's a painting that he's painted before. I want you to look at it. I want you to see it. And then what I want you to do is I want you to go into that gallery and I want you to pick the three pieces of art that you think he, he created. Okay. And you'd walk into that gallery and there's a good chance that you'd be able to pick the three out. Why is that? Because one thing is true about an artist. An artist can create many different um, pieces of art, but they're all made in one image. And that's that expression of who that artist is. So when so when you go out there, you see that wow, that image is totally different. It's a different color. It's a, it's a different everything. But the style that it's painted yeah. in is yeah. so him. And when we look in the world now, we have to realize that if all of creation, all of humanity is made in the image of God, you have to understand that, yes, we may all look slightly different we may be of different races we may be have a different belief system we may have all of these things but if there's one thing that is true is that we are made in one image and that image is love and the only way that we can know or see and unite all of us together is if we know and see who God is in in the first place. And we talked about last week about Jesus. Jesus is the image of God. So when we see Jesus, and when I say the image of God, I'm not on about this guy had long hair, he had a beard, he had blue eyes, he was white. Like, I'm never in them argument when people always have these conversations about, well, obviously he wasn't like this. I don't care what the guy looked like. Yeah. Right. What I care about is who he was, what was his being like. And when yeah, we see exactly. throughout, and a lot of people who are, are not necessarily religious, a lot of people go, yeah, this Jesus guy sounds lovely. Why aren't yeah. you like that if you follow him? Yeah. Like, and and this this argument of going, hang on a minute. I like this Jesus guy. Wasn't he for the poor? Wasn't he really forgiven? Wasn't he not judgmental? Wasn't he all of these things? Like this guy sounds lovely. But then when I look at you who say you do think in his name and you don't look like that image, 
then what's yeah. going to happen? And I put this to my friend once who, and it really challenged him, is I said, right, well, if Jesus said, someone asked Jesus a question once, he goes, um, show me the father. So that was like, God, show me who God is. Show yeah. me. And he goes, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. So straight away, Jesus goes, one, I am the father, but two, I carry who he is. Yeah. Authentic. Like this guy was the most authentic person. He was nobody apart from him. Right. Yeah. If I was to ask the question, if Jesus, if someone said, what does Jesus look like? Would you have the confidence to say, if you've seen me, you've seen Jesus? Would you nope. have the, exactly. <laughs> would you have the confidence or would you, the Bible would say that we will all be, or God's aim is to get us all into an image. Yeah. That image, when we say, are oh, you going to look like Jesus? That isn't, you're going to look like a Christian. You're going to look, yeah. you're going to grow your hair or you've got to do this. It's nothing to do with outside appearance. Right. It's all to do with who you are authentically, authentic, uh, authentically. I can't say the word. Authentically. Yeah. Yeah. You got it right the last time. <laughs> Thank you. In yourself, because I really do believe yeah. this. I really do believe this is that when we are being our most authentic when we haven't right. got our guards up, when we're not being defensive, when our ego isn't being hurt, so we're not getting snappy or angry yeah. or biting back, and we're literally just being who we are to the core, and we're not scared to be who we truly are, I am so sure that we will see in all of us one likeness. And it will literally reflect this love because there's no judging. There's no comparing. There's no trying to defend yourself right. anymore because you're not trying to protect yourself anymore. You're just walking in who you are. Yeah, I like that. And I wanted to find this quote because I was thinking about it as you were talking. And it says, when you measure yourself against others, you're always going to be a loser because you are never going to be as good as someone else as they are at being themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I, I sit there and, and I look, you know, and yeah, as you said, it's the authenticity. Where does authenticity come from? Okay. So where, do, like, where does it start? How do you start getting authenticity? Right. You need to believe you need to have the mindset, the belief that you are worthy of receiving love. You see, because if we don't believe that we can be loved, then we're not believing we can be loved. And so we, we lose a huge part of who we are because we're so afraid of what we're going to get. I know I teach, um, I did some teaching on uh, hearing God where yeah, I, I talk to people and, and I teach a class and we go, okay, God's constantly talking to people all the time. You know, people are having dreams, people are having encounters, people, but God's always talking to people. And I had, I was running my class one time and the biggest fear 
the biggest fear we always have to overcome is people are afraid of what they're going to hear when they talk with God. That's the biggest thing we always have to overcome. It because the fear is, is that they have not measured up to be loved. And when we sit with the mindset that we are not worthy of being loved, nothing is going to change in our lives. But if you can change your mind that God loves you, he can change your life. You're not changing your life. You're changing your mind. If you can change your mind, he can change your life. That's where it starts. That's where it all starts. It's believing that you are worthy. And that is the inner work that we never want to walk on the path for because it hurts. It hurts. Having to stand is the most vulnerable thing we can ever do is standing there going, am I loved? It's the, it's that experience right there. That experience is, it has what, what's changed, what that was the experience that totally changed my life for me, totally changed my life for me. I grew up in a very hard home. I, I was physically and emotionally abused my entire life. I had my first child when I was 18. I was barely even, I was like kicked out of the house at 16, met my husband, had my, like, my life has just gone a direction <laughs> and I wasn't living my life. I was surviving my life because that's what I was taught. That's what I thought life was. It was surviving. And the most radical encounter that changed my entire mindset that changed my life was when I went to a conference and that conference I desperately wanted to go to. It looked amazing. The presence of God was there. I really wanted to go. The moment I stepped in that conference, I held the belief that I was not as good as those people. And that reflected in everything that I did. I didn't want to be there anymore. I wanted to leave. Every part of me was telling me to get out of there. And I was allowing my feelings to overtake the experience I could have truly had. And what happened was, is a friend of mine said, you need to go take a walk and you need to go talk to God. Like, go talk to him. And so I did. Six o'clock in the morning, I got up. I put some headphones on. I was listening to some very angry hard rock because my music playlist matches my feelings. <laughs> so I was angry. And at one point, I found myself walking around in the industrial area of the city I was in for this conference. And I was walking around and finally standing in the corner of two different interstates. I look up at the sky and I say, what am I even doing here? And I remember there was a moment. It was like, it's like I couldn't breathe because I was waiting for him to tell me, I don't know what you're doing there either. I was waiting for that. There was just that moment. I was waiting for the worst experience to come. Just get it over with, rip the bandaid, just tell me I'm tired of surviving. And I remember I heard very clearly and God spoke to me and he said, your mother didn't make you. Your father didn't make you. I made you for such a time as this. That moment 
of feeling absolutely loved. That moment changed my mind from a survival mode to a thriving mode. And let me tell you, when you move from a survival mode to a thriving mode, my life changed. I saw things a new way. I moved in life a new way. And encounters started happening all around me, not because I, you know, was holier than people. That That's a mistake. It was the fact that I started seeking love and love came out of me. And you change. My life changed. And I'm not saying my life was super perfect. I mean, we had house fires. We dealt with cancer. We've dealt with job loss. We've job, you know, with moving. But the thing is, is I wasn't surviving those situations. I didn't have to survive. I knew exactly where I was in life. I knew exactly where I was going. And when we have that opportunity to change our mindset from understanding the very creator who created us, our life looks vastly different. Yeah, there's uh, there's so much weight to that and so much truth to that feeling that people don't feel worthy to be loved. And it's so interesting because it's such a profound spiritual soul wrenching belief that is within you. And I think it manifests itself in the world, out in the world, like wanting to be loved. Yeah. And it's not that yeah. we're wanting to be loved by people. It's like there's something that's within us that wants to be loved by something. Now, yeah. we would say that something is God, but you might not even know God. You might not be even yeah. be able to describe what it is that you want to be truly accepted, loved, valued for, and you don't need to be anybody in order to receive this type of love, like this yeah. unconditional love, right? In the Greek, it would yeah. be this angape, angape love, like unconditional, period. Yeah. Like yeah. There's nothing that you can do to receive this. This is pure grace, like pure, yeah. poof, free. And you think about the scripture that says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son and that whoever believes shall not perish, but have eternal life. Yeah. And then Jesus goes, and eternal life is this, is that they may know my father and they may know me. So Jesus says this in scripture, like eternal life isn't this kind of, beyond kind of afterlife thing. I think we've got confused with this afterlife thing. Yeah. Truth is afterlife is, there's afterlife in my person. There's just afterlife, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just yeah. happening. I don't believe that this is just me. So the afterlife, there, there is something there. I totally believe that. The difference is this knowing. Yeah. No, like knowing, really knowing 
what it is that's within us, what it is that created everything. And Jesus describes of that's eternal life, that you may know me, you may know what's within you. And the whole thing on the cross was all about forgiveness because it's like we needed a sign. We needed an expression, an example of this love in history so we will be able to take hold of it understand it and embody what it meant and it's like what you said from a mind point of view of going okay so i'm forgiven yeah i like i'm forgiven because but can you accept that and it isn't to say like I'm forgiven because I've done something wrong. I think sometimes we've got confused about this because a lot of people go, I don't need God's forgiveness. I'm fine. Thanks. I ain't doing something wrong. I'm just living my life. Like happy as Larry. I try and be the best person that I can. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't need this forgiving of my sins. Yeah. But it's like what you mentioned a few, a few weeks ago, sin only means to miss the mark. Right. So yep. this sin is this yep. detachment from love. This, yep. like what you said, this this oneness of feeling love, being loved, expressing love. That yep. pulling is the missing the mark. And living yep. in that expresses itself in so many different ways of going, I don't feel loved, so I'm going to try and be successful. I don't feel loved, so I'm going to try and get in all these relationships. I don't feel loved, so I'm going to lean on this. I'm going to lean on that. I'm going to lean on this. And before you know it, because this happened, you're living yep. your life from a place of having no sense of worth, that you place your yep. identity in so many things of the world and not in this. And this whole thing of the cross was to bring this back together. But you're 100% right. It has to happen from here. There has to be this mindset shift, a yeah. perspective shift to fully accept what it yeah. is. And I really do believe it. I really do believe it for everyone that is listening. This time in history is for this very moment. Yeah, I agree. People to come to the realization you are loved. Yeah. And you know what? You know why it's hard? You know, I I thought a lot about this for a long time. Why it's hard for us to, to accept that. The reason we can't accept it is, number one, the experiences of the world tell us that we can't accept it, right? Whether you were raised, whether you were hurt, whether, you know, like you were, you've been married, your marriage went bad, you know, you dated somebody terrible, like you had a friend who hurt you, like every experience of the world tells you that that's not real because it ends. And this is something so profound that I learned. The opposite of death is not life. It's birth. When we live life, when we live in eternally, and eternally means in love, it never ends. It never ends. The only time it ends 
the only time we ever experience it in the world is because it is, is sustained by something that's not eternal. That love is not being sustained by something internal. There is an expiration date on it. But Jesus says, I am eternal. He's eternal. life eternal. You're living life eternal. There's no end. There's no expiration. So there is nothing you can do that will warrant you to fall out of eternity. There is nothing you can do that will make you that that'll make you lose that. We often we often experience that in the world is because there's always an opposite to something. Right? If you're not if you're married, right? Or you're divorced. If you're single or you're with somebody, right? You like there's an opposite and the opposite is always the negative to the wonderful. And so we think this has got to be, and, and people say this, this is too good to be true, Yvonne. This is too good to be true. Like it has to end. Yeah. And we have done such a disservice showing people that that's the very thing that never ends. That's where we should be placing our hope. That's where we should be getting our value from. And the very thing that never ends because it can sustain it. Nothing else can. Nothing else can. So when we can, when we change our mindset to, to, you know, understanding that you are loved Mm. and that, that life eternal, that love, what doesn't end. Could you imagine, could you imagine what this world would look like? Because I can imagine what this world would look like. I can imagine People just loving on other people for no other reason, but because there's so much love in them, it just helps the flow out of them. There's a question that people often ask, and I I don't want to say philosophers, that could very much be wrong, but I don't know. The question is, is if you had 24 hours to live, what would you do? Yeah, great question. What would you do? You would make a list and you would never complete that list. I know I wouldn't. Some of those things have traveling places. that will take me longer than 24 hours to get. I would never get there. Mm. Now, if you changed your mindset, let me ask you another question. Then if you knew you had eternity, what would you do? Everything. Do everything. So how can we live like we're doing nothing instead of everything. I feel I feel like I feel like we've just we've just set up for another episode <laughs> because there's so much there's so much <laughs> there in terms of and that I think that 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 profoundness of going what is the opposite to life it is not death or what's the opposite yeah not death Opposite to life is birth. You know, no, and then- opposite of death. Opposite of death is life. The opposite of death is birth. Yeah, opposite of death is birth. And what's so interesting is that Jesus says, in order to inherit the kingdom of God, in order to to see what it is that I'm saying about, he goes, You must be born again. 
So you have to die to be born again. Isn't that interesting? You have to die to be born again. And we won't keep going into it because you're right. There's so much more to unpack of what we are talking about. Not because we desperately need people to believe us, but because we understand that our experience that we had before and our experience that we have now doesn't look the same because we've changed our mindset. So good. Thank you, Yvonne, for having me on the show again. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me on our own show. (laughs) As always. But as always, guys, I hope this episode brought you a great blessing. I hope it gave you a different perspective. If it did, please share it with your friends, with your family. Please reach out for us. Let us know how it is helping you, how it's making you think differently. And like we said this week, asking ourselves this week, where am I now? There has been no greater question right now or no greater opportunity right now to start asking that question and start really diving in while the world outside is shutting down. So I hope you have the most amazing week and we shall see you on the road to Damascus. Damascus. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye.